Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From Devon, England, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from Wellington, New Zealand, is David Wood. Okay, cool. This week, I kind of wanted to talk about the process that I'm going through at the moment, looking through my applications and my websites, just with an eye on things like GDPR and data collection. This is uh, it's, it's coming up very soon. The, uh, the European directives on data collection for EU citizens. Uh, I believe it's, it's what is it, the end of May, Dave? Uh, 25th, I believe. And at that point, the way you hold data on, on EU citizens needs to bear that legislation in mind. And I think I, I can't actually pretend to, to understand it in the depth that I think uh, you really should if you're sort of getting a lot of data on your, your customers. Uh, but from, you know, the, the kind of cursory investigations that I've done for the services that I use and the type of data that I collect, um, it seems to boil down to you need to be able to retrieve information um, that if you've got personally identifiable information uh, for your users, for your customers, and you need to be able to provide that to them on demand. So if you're if you're logging any particular information, any account information, analytics, that sort of thing, and it can identify them as an individual, then I believe you need to be in a position to give them a full output of all of that. And I guess if that data is incorrect, there's probably a requirement there to get it made correct as well. I think this is probably quite similar to the UK's old um, data protection laws in that respect. Uh, does that sound about about right to you, Dave? Um, it's it's so vast. Every time I look at this, um, it, it just seems like more that kind of unfolds in front of me. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's uh, I think that's a reasonable uh, synopsis there. And I think the thing is, as you sort of start to pull the thread, so I, I sat down and I kind of went, well, okay, what am I really gathering on, on my users? And in terms of my apps, I'm kind of not. Like my my apps that I've got in the App Store are kind of shoebox apps. They're not, they're not using cloud services or anything like that. Um, I've not got a server that they're accessing. There's no API that I've got that they're sending data back to. Uh, but they are using things like Crashlytics, Fabric, um, and, and, and so I've got got those services in. So there, there is some, it's effectively anonymous data because of the, there's not a username or anything like that associated with it, but it's still tracking things like geography um, and you know, kind of implying some some level of statistic back on those users as well. I can see device information and that sort of thing. Um, I guess if you knew enough about somebody and my users were small enough, you could probably identify an individual sort of in the reverse maybe. But effectively quite anonymous um, within the apps themselves. But wider than that, on my website, so I had things like a contact form set up on, on GoVJ's website um, and I use services like Zendesk and that sort of thing as well. It's not necessarily that it's a problem to be collecting data and using it in a practical kind of way. You know, I mean, you can't just switch everything off. That's not necessarily a practical thing to do. But it's more about the, your ability to be able to to retrieve that information, to give that to the, to the user if they did, were to demand it. I, I've, I mean, I've checked through Zendesk's setup and they, they sort of seem pretty on it you know they're signing all of the um legal documentation that they need to sign to sort of become certified i believe under the eu so that's pretty cool they've got um everything needed for me to extract any information as well uh so i could provide that information quite easily for them 
for any particular person who who may sort of go, hey, what have you got on me? Gimme. Um, I can do that. Zendesk feels like a good service for me to use. That sort of it wraps it nicely in that someone else's problem field. <laughs> uh, so that, that's, I use that for managing all of my um, like support requests and that sort of thing. And it's really good to be able to sort of search back through and access that sort of outside of, of my email history. What I did is I stripped out my contact form on my website. I've replaced that with the default sort of Zendesk contact. Uh, it's not looking quite as nice as I'd like it to. But it works. I've had somebody contact me through it already. Um, and like I say, as, as far as I know, I am as co- compliant as I need to be in terms of being able to sort of make that information available to an individual. So, that yeah, that involved a change to the website. Um, and like I say, just kind of generally thinking about what I was gathering. Uh, beyond that, I also have things like Google Analytics running on all of my websites, or rather I did. I had a bit of a think about this because my sites for my apps don't necessarily get an awful lot of users. You know, you're not talking like hundreds and hundreds of hits every day or anything like that. And I don't use that info, you know, so I I started tracking it at the beginning because it kind of sort of seemed like, well, you know, I need to know if anybody's actually touching the sites. And this is kind of what everybody sort of seems to say you should do, you know, put analytics on. Then you can find out about your customers, about the people hitting you, you can optimize and this, that, and the other. And the reality is, is that uh, for the scale that my apps are at, that's just not a thing. You know, I know people hit the site. I know they go through to, to seeing info and sometimes they, they go to the app store. But to be honest, I think people are actually finding out, out about the apps just by searching through the app store and, and by sort of looking at stuff like I, I put things out on Twitter as well. And and you'll be able to see that in iTunes Connect as well, don't forget, where people come from. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So iTunes Connect these days, to me, is much more useful than having a lot of other different packages, which is what you sort of end up with if you've got Google Analytics turned on and you're using Crashlytics and Fabric as well. You know, there's, there's multiple places there to sort of get info from. And I found actually over time I've just stopped using them. Mm. So it's not that they're not useful, right? If If I had... A situation where I don't know it was an app that had thousands of people sort of downloading it it was free maybe and there was something I was optimizing for in terms of a subscription or an in-app purchase or something like that analytics of that sort would make sense in terms of optimizing the flow from the website sign up flows within the app itself that sort of thing but for niche apps that you know their market is quite identified and, and finding those customers is is kind of just about being there really and reaching out rather than you know divert trying to control large volumes of traffic um it's just not necessary for for me to have these things turned on so so that's where i'm at i've I've kind of gone through and got rid of things that, that could make it difficult for me to be compliant you know the contact form is probably the key one for me in a lot of ways uh and i've taken things like google analytics out of of my sites so, so that sort of minimizes the amount of information I'm collecting in the first place. And I've yet to remove Crashlytics and Fabric from the apps, but that's that's probably my next step, to be honest with you. Mm, yeah, I've already kind of done that with, with mine, actually. I did it some time ago now, and I suppose that could be misconstrued as like a knee-jerk reaction to GDPR, but actually it was, it was kind of from different motivations, even though they kind of sort of tie in. I think just generally in like the last... 12 months or so possibly more i've just become more generally uncomfortable with other people's code running in my apps 
Um, yeah. At one point last year, I had to integrate AdMob into one of my apps, and I don't know, I just felt a little bit, bit it just didn't feel good at all. Um, not just because it's ads. Um, it's almost because I'm just letting these big third-party libraries take root in my app, essentially. Yeah. Um, couple that with it being owned by Google, you know, a company known for its ability to and desire to track things. Um, it just it just felt a little bit off. But I suppose if you're running ads, you are kind of stuck in that you need to integrate something. Yeah. Then that got me on to thinking about Fabric, much like yourself. Um, I mean, I originally installed it because I heard about it through the grapevine. It seemed like those people were tweeting about it. Um, and it just seemed like just kind of like common wisdom that, oh, yeah, you, you should install Fabric. So I, well, I went ahead and I installed Fabric. Um, it kind of seemed like, well, why, why wouldn't you install it? So, yeah, I, I installed it. And, yeah, I started to think, you know, why why am I using Fabric? What, what am I actually getting from it? I mean, this is only heightened for me, I think, when I when I launched Armchair Pro um, as a paid upfront application because any kind of in-app purchase conversion that was taking place um, on, on the older version of Armchair, where there was in-app purchases, it's no longer relevant because it's paid upfront. So all I was really getting was kind of download numbers in a sort of real-time fashion uh, via Fabric. When I could have just got that from iTunes Connect if I was willing to wait a day. <laughs> um, so it kind of led me to think, you know, I've got this big library in my app. Yeah, I, I could just be getting this stuff from iTunes Connect, and it, it just, it just didn't feel feel worth it in a way. So I've I've, I've pulled it out, um, and yeah, all of, all of my apps are now kind of ad free, fabric free, kind of third party library free, and that's a that's a pretty nice feeling. It kind of gets me on to thinking about my new sort of to do app or notes slash to do app. Which, which is still, I should stress, very much like a germ of an idea, but it, it's good to think ahead. So what what would I do there, perhaps? I mean, it's likely, based on how I'm kind of just sketching ideas out, that probably some kind of in-app purchase or subscription is going to take place of some kind. You never know by the time it launches, Apple might have finally given us free trials and upgrade pricing. So if uh, if that is the case, maybe I'll just go paid up front in any case and not have to think about this kind of stuff again. But I think... I'm going to abstain from ad networks and fabric and just try and keep it as keep it as clean as I can, I think. Unless, it's like, like you were saying, unless you're getting thousands and thousands of downloads and it's like, okay, at this point, at the scale that I'm at, maybe some kind of data insight would be useful. But if, if yeah. you're, like, you're getting tens of downloads a day, is it really worth it at that point? I'm not, I'm not sure it is. Well, it is um, really not because any A-B testing that you might do or something like that is, is not actually statistically significant at those scales, really. Then I started thinking about um, my use of um, CloudKit that I'm going to be using in this new app. And again, it kind of, I started thinking about it and it's um, bringing it back around to GDPR. Um, Apple now have a set of APIs to help with what you were saying about um, providing users with their data. Yeah, um, I've not dug into the specifics, but in general, um, it kind of feels like I'm on the right path with that. Just because if you think about it, the hardware is made by Apple. The OS is made by Apple. The dev frameworks are made by Apple and the cloud infrastructure is made by Apple. So it's kind of kind of feels like I'm, I'm playing in a safe area here. And Apple are kind of known as being the good guys anyway in this space in terms of user privacy um, and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, the fact that there's also APIs out there to help with this exact thing, it kind of feels like, yeah, this is probably the, the direction I should be going, as opposed to maybe using some other like third-party backend as a service. Yeah, or even rolling your own or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And not only that, like if you use a third party one, I mean, let's let's say it goes bust, I mean that would be really bad. In fact, it didn't happen. Like recently, wasn't there one? Yeah, pass. About about eighteen months ago, I think some somewhere called um, Pass. There was a service called Pass. Yeah, that rings a bell. I think it was it was a back end for quite a lot. Yeah, um, it might even be longer ago than that now. Um, I seem to remember Twitter lighting up about it for a few days when it happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they they did a bit of a sunset with it, if I remember rightly, and then there was kind of this this potential that loads of sort of small apps that had used their services were, were all sort of gonna, you know, six months later they'll all stop stop working, sort of thing. So yeah, in general, I think that's kind of the path I'm on for this new app, and it feels like um, I don't know, it just feels like it feels like I'm on the right side of everything. That's a good feeling to have, though. I mean, one of the things with this for me is that. I think I've had to go on my own kind of journey, just sort of thinking this through, you know, okay, how much data do I really need? Where do these things need to be? I mean, getting rid of these services and that sort of stuff. You said before, it sort of felt a bit like, oh, I've got somebody else's code running in my app, you know, like with the ad mob stuff and that side of things. Yeah. And I think the more I've thought about this in, in, in sort of a lot of depth, the, the more I've sort of ended up in this feeling of, well, if these things are not there, I don't have these problems, and that's that's good. You know, no, there's there's no potential problem there. Everything's as, as clean as it can be, and and that's that's great. So I guess I I, I don't know really. I, I think this maybe on a sort of micro level, my journey is kind of reflecting a little bit in terms of the way the market's going overall. In terms of like, uh, I think GDPR's driving this for a lot of people now. But I think broader than that, it sort of feels like there's an awareness at the moment that not all data collection is good, you know, and that not everything that's um, that you're trusting your information to um, is kind of doing it for your own good. I, I think I think a lot of people, end users, are now actually starting to consider these things, and it might not have been important, you know, two years ago, three years ago, or whenever. Like certainly not when I was starting to put together my apps, starting to put together GoVJ. You know, it just sort of seemed like, well, okay, drop these frameworks in. You get all these analytics out the other side, job done. Everybody's doing it. That's great. But like I say, I sort of feel like the time's up for that now. You know, another year from now, another two years from now, GDPR or not, I don't think it will be considered acceptable to to not be letting people opt out, for example. Yeah, and not only that, it's um, in like the wake of all this Cambridge Analytica Facebook scandal, I think that could quite be quite a large kind of catalyst for public awareness yes um i mean just members of my family while they don't fully understand it um they're, they're aware that something's up and they've kind of said to me so what's all this facebook thing about then because um, i've heard stuff in the news that they've been doing bad stuff and then i sort of fill in the blanks and they're like oh wow that is really bad um yeah couple that with then you've got like uh you know, Mark Zuckerberg sat in a chair in front of Congress on the news and they're like, oh, what's the boss of Facebook doing in front of all these like, you know, high ranking officials? It just, it looks really bad from like an optics point of view. And that's because it is really bad, but it's kind of bad enough that now, the you know, the average man on the street is kind of aware of it. And maybe given that Facebook is probably the thing that, you know, most regular people probably use most often, and now that's been had the spotlight put on it. Um, maybe that's going to kind of drive awareness, like a trickle down effect for all the other stuff that people use, but probably would never even have thought of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it just sort of feels like well, the the 
we shouldn't be making problems for ourselves as developers in that regard you know certainly not as indie developers it's it's um time is precious enough your your effort is precious enough on your applications that wasting time kind of doing data retrieval and that sort of stuff to sort of meet any requirements or even just dealing with with people being suspicious and asking well okay what does your app do you know when when i save my data here where does it go what does this do um i want to have good answers to those questions and if that answer is the app just doesn't save anything outside of your device or the app saves something using something like cloudkit and that's an apple back service and actually your relationship is with them not with me then those are great answers to have certainly as an indie developer because you know it just becomes not your problem it's and it's not a problem for the customer then either it's it's this you know everybody wins sort of situation with it all yeah i was um have you heard of a writing app called bear yes yes i was looking on their reddit and someone asked pretty much that exact question there's quite a few users being like you know well, what what where's all my data go and and I think one of their people wrote back and goes, oh, it's okay, guys, we do it all on um, on CloudKit and that's how it syncs across your devices and, yeah, it's all on Apple. And everyone was like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> and that was the end of the discussion. I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, opposed to, oh, yeah, we, we, we run our own servers and, yeah, uh, we store stuff securely. Honestly, we do. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a much uh, much more convenient way just to, like you say, it's about wrapping a, almost like a someone else's problem field around it. I know it's, it's still kind of your problem um as a developer still but yeah i think it just goes back to what we were saying probably two or three weeks ago now about just as indie developers you just need just easy wins wherever you can find them yeah my awareness to that has been heightened an awful lot recently mostly because the time i now have you know going back to what you're saying about time being precious my time is being squeezed kind of at both sides at the minute for what i can give to my applications and any new applications i'm going to develop so I'm just looking for wins that can save me like bags of time all over the place. Um, couple that with like what you were saying, a heightened sense of user privacy. Um, yeah, like not not that we were either of us were really going around like sucking up loads of data and pumping it into the cloud from our apps, but nevertheless, there's just that heightened sense of you know uh, responsibility around user data. Anything that you're going to do with user data, if you can put that somewhere like CloudKit or somewhere that's sort of generally considered trustworthy. Um, I think that's, that's where I'm going to be looking for the future. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button, that will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast, and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. That's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you, Dave? Yeah, you can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com, my latest app to help kids learn to read. You can find at spacereaders.com and on Twitter, I'm at underscore Dave Knott.